when you're young, you know, you're uh, worried about uh, your voice and the, uh, the spirit and, and not misquoting the scriptures. Uh, but when you get to be an older preacher, uh, you don't worry about none of that. You worry about your suspenders coming loose or your dentures coming out or your wig falling off and and uh, you need about a you need about a bottle of uh, nerve pills before you even get to the pulpit uh, but here uh, in uh, mark chapter 4 verse 35 we'll read down through verse 40 and then we'll go back up and zero in on a verse and the bible said in the same day when the evening was come he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was. That's how you need to take him today. In the ship, and there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat unto the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful and how is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Thank you and be seated. Our fathers, we come this morning, Lord, we thank you. And uh, Lord, I'm honest in my heart, and the Lord knows our heart, so we can't not be honest and Him not know it. But Lord, I could leave right now after those two songs and feel like I've been to church and worship. Uh, but Lord, we come now to the Word of God, and uh, Lord, we ask tonight, or this morning, Lord, that you'll help us, Lord, to be able to say that which that the Lord would want us to say, and Lord, here we are, uh, Lord, uh, Lord willing, on the eve of, uh, Lord, four days of special meetings, and uh, it's important uh, leading up to that meeting uh, what takes place and what goes on. Because the devil's looking for a place to get in. Uh, Lord, to wreck it, run it, get it off track. And so it behooves us, Lord, and beseeches us uh, to make sure that none of us give any place to the devil. And let him use us to be a door of entrance, Lord, uh, in to do what he wants to do. Uh, Lord, I thank you for all that's here today that's saved. uh, And only you know who that is. I thank you, Father, for those that are here that are not saved because they could hear something today and they could get saved. And uh, I pray the Holy Spirit that the Lord is here right now. I'm praying that we'll not do anything that would grieve Him or cause Him to pull away uh, from His presence as it here, but it might grow greater, uh, Lord, as we go on into the worship service. And we'll thank and praise you today. Uh, for being able, Lord, to save us and being able to keep us and being able, Lord, to cleanse us when we need it from time to time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Normally, in these verses of Scripture that I've read, 
the focus would be upon the storm. As uh, Brother Caleb preached about last Sunday night, uh, because the Bible said here in verse 37, this was a great storm. And uh, we have all kinds of storms in our life, but some of them are just little pop-up storms, and they don't last long. There's not that big a threat. Uh, but there's always those great storms that come along the way, and certainly that is an important part of this Scripture. And we can talk about how the disciples were scared. They were afraid, the Bible says, and there's not anybody in this world that something can't come along to make you afraid. People say, I'm not afraid of anything. You just ain't met the right thing yet. And uh, you see, we can all be made to be afraid uh, in certain situations. And it's usually situations that are out of our control, that we can't handle, uh, that we don't know what we're going to do. Why, even the great man David, who was a man after God's own heart, even David said, Lord, what time I'm afraid? He said, I'll trust in Thee. That's what we got to do. And of course, we could really focus in on the Savior who ought to be the focus of every sermon. Uh, every sermon, the, the main focus ought to be the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the Bible said that they said, what manner of man is this? Uh, uh, and uh, every, if, you have to, uh, if you're a preacher and you're preaching a sermon and you've got to stop this somewhere, and stick Jesus right in the middle of it, you need to do it. Amen. Amen. Old brother Richard Staples used to say, he said, uh, here was the day he preached, uh, he said, I'll take a text from the Bible and head for the cross. Uh, that's, that's a pretty good way, uh, amen, uh, of doing that. Uh, but we need to magnify the Lord and to lift the Lord up. And certainly, uh, we ought to be focused in upon the Lord but what's caught my mind this morning uh, is, uh, is something that's said there in verse 36. It's a passing thing, but there's something to it there. And, and, uh, and it's interesting that it even would make mention of it. And the Bible said, And there were also with him other little ships. And uh, I want to preach this morning about them other little ships. Amen. Uh, uh, now, the greatest ship that I know of uh, uh, for a child of God, and there's other little ships uh, uh, that are connected along with, uh, with the Lord Jesus. Now, He's the main ship. Uh, and uh, you make sure that you're on His ship, amen, uh, uh, because He's the only one uh, that every time He's on a ship, there's no record nowhere uh, of any ship going down uh, uh, when He's on board, amen. Uh, I'm glad He's on board my ship, and I'm glad this morning that I'm on board His ship. Uh, but an important ship, uh, uh, before you get on any other ship, the important ship is sonship. Amen. Uh, 
I'm glad this morning uh, uh, that I can say that I'm a son of God this morning. I hope you can say you're a son of God. Uh, uh, you say, preacher said, we're all sons of God. We're all children of God. Uh, uh, you might be a child of God by creation, uh, uh, but you're not a child of God uh, uh, by regeneration uh, unless you've been born again and saved by the grace of God. Uh, the Bible said if you're not a son of God uh, uh, Jesus said you are of your father the devil. Uh, now that don't mean you're a Satan worshiper and you're doing all this weird stuff uh, uh, but it's just saying if God is not your father by the new birth uh, uh, then this morning the devil's your father. Amen. Uh, uh, but I'm glad that the Bible said that we can be sons of God, aren't you? Uh, uh, Romans 8 and verse 14 said, As many uh, as are led by the Spirit of God, uh, uh, they are the sons of God. Uh, I like that, don't you? Uh, I, I, like, I like John 1 and 12. Uh, as many as receive Him, uh, uh, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God. Uh, if you'll receive Him this morning, uh, uh, He'll receive you uh, and give you the power uh, uh, to become uh, a son of God. Amen. Uh, oh, it's mind-boggling when you start thinking about it, isn't it? Uh, uh, when you start thinking about you and me uh, uh, enabled to be a child of God. No wonder John wrote... Uh, uh, manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us uh, uh, that we might be called uh, uh, the sons of God. Uh, it don't yet appear what we'll be but when He appears we'll be like Him in glory and the world knows us not because it knew Him not. Amen. Uh, and so I want to say this morning that one of the ships that go with Him, one of the little ships, uh, uh, is sonship. Amen. Uh, and if you're not saved this morning, you ought to get saved uh, uh, this very morning. You say, why? Because time's running out. Uh, uh, you may not be here tonight. You may not be here next week. We have no promise of tomorrow. People die every day. There's three people lost their life on the Happy Valley Road this week. Uh, uh, you may not make it home. Amen. You may not make it out of the church. I was in a service years ago where we attended church and was having a revival meeting or Sunday night special service and a man come in the side door. I happened over here the conversation between him the preacher and the preacher asked him, said, how you doing? He said, oh, I'm doing great. He said, I just come from the doctor office this afternoon uh, and the doctor tells me I've got the heart uh, of a 16 year old boy uh, and he made his way over into the corner and sat down uh, uh, service started and there was a little commotion over in the corner uh, and before it was over with that man had had a massive heart attack uh, and went out into eternity to meet God uh, uh, we have no promise of tomorrow there's a fella that comes here sometimes and he said I don't like it tell that story. I, I, he said, don't tell that story. It makes me nervous. I, I, well, I want to tell you this. I, I, it could happen to any one of us today. Amen. I, I, that's why it's important that you get in while the getting's good. Amen. This morning. I, I, but I'm thinking this morning upon that subject of them other little ships. And I, I thought about this this morning. 
thing. Uh, the Bible said in Luke 14, 27, And whosoever doeth not bear his cross uh, and come after me uh, uh, cannot be my disciple. Uh, uh, there's not only that sonship, uh, but there's that other little ship uh, of discipleship. Uh, I want you to know this morning there's a lot more people uh, uh, in the sonship uh, uh, than there is in the discipleship. Uh, uh, that word disciple according to the dictionary, uh, uh, that word means a personal follower or a student uh, uh, of a teacher. Uh, uh, listen, I'm glad this morning morning I'm not only got the sonship but I'm glad this morning I, I'm in on this discipleship stuff amen uh, uh, you say what do you mean I, I, I mean I'm trying to follow him I, I'm trying to learn about him I, I, we sang that song I want to know more about my Lord I, and never open a Bible never faithfully attend a church uh, amen I, and sing I want to know more about my Lord no I, I there's no way you can know more about your Lord uh, and lay this book aside. Amen. Uh, uh, we ought to be a follower, a follower of the Lord. Uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, discipleship, that's a daily ship. Amen. Uh, uh, listen to what uh, the Bible says uh, uh, over in Luke and the ninth chapter. And it said it came to pass uh, that as he went in the way, a certain man Lord, I'll follow thee wheresoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Fathers have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said, Another follow, said, Another follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another said unto him, Lord, I'll follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at my home or at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. I'm talking about discipleship. Amen. Uh, the Bible said this, uh, if you got a Schofield Bible over the heading of what I'm about to read, uh, it'll say discipleship tested. Uh, tell if you're a disciple or not. Uh, you can tell if you're on that little ship of discipleship uh, in Luke chapter 14 and verse uh, number 25. And the Bible said, There went a great multitude with him. And he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me, and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doeth not bear his cross and come after me, I cannot be my disciple. This disciple stuff is a daily walk with the Lord. Uh, uh, you see, some people may be in that sonship uh, uh, and they think one day a week. Uh, uh, but if you want to be a disciple of the Lord uh, and there's a whole 
lot more people uh, in the church world in the sonship uh, uh, than there is in the discipleship. Amen. Uh, I'll tell you the problem uh, uh, with the church and what's brought us down to this lukewarm uh, uh, Laodicean church age that we're living in uh, uh, that we can't weep, we can't cry, we can't shout, uh, uh, we can't praise God. Uh, I'll tell you what's done that. Uh, uh, you see, as a disciple, uh, uh, I'm supposed to follow the Lord. Uh, if you were at our, if you were at our anniversary celebration uh, uh, last uh, Sunday evening, and I appreciate so much all that came by and the cards and all uh, the nice things was done for us. Uh, uh, but if you were there on the beginning of that, uh, uh, my wife had a picture of me there at about 17 years old. Uh, uh, I've got long hair uh, uh, and a black beard. Uh, and uh, back in those days, uh, I looked like Jesus, she said. Uh, uh, she said, I should have known uh, uh, you was going to be a preacher. You looked just like Jesus. Uh, I don't know where she saw him at, but that's what she said. Amen. Uh, uh, but I want to say this, I, I ain't trying to look like Jesus no more. I, I'm trying to act like Jesus. I'm trying to follow Jesus. Amen. I, uh, you see, if you want to be His disciple. But here's what happened, Brother Caleb. Uh, uh, after this service today, you can go back there. Brother Steve's back there right now. Uh, and he's running the recorder. Uh, and every word that's being said uh, is on that recorder. Uh, and uh, you go back there uh, and he'll have a CD back there uh, and he'll have wrote across it master uh, uh, and then you'll sign that sheet back there uh, and he'll take that master uh, and uh, he'll get another CD uh, and he'll copy uh, and make you a copy of the master uh, uh, and as long as he uses the master the copy comes out alright uh, uh, but you see the problem is uh, if he made you a copy of the master uh, if he made you a copy and then made a copy of the copy and then a copy of the copy and a copy of the copy uh, uh, it finally gets so deteriorated uh, uh, that you couldn't even tell what the master sounds like uh, and somewhere down the road uh, uh, we started we started copying the copies uh, and uh, we started copying this preacher or that preacher uh, and we started trying to be like this person or that person uh, and I'll tell you what happens is we distort the message uh, uh, they don't see the master uh, uh, what they see uh, uh, is the copy uh, uh, the copy is what they see uh, I realize that every young preacher I've been a young preacher now I'm old uh, uh, but every young preacher has uh, somebody they want to be like somebody they'd like to uh, look like uh, I remember brother Mike Gibson asked me years ago he probably forgot this uh, uh, but I said brother Mike I said you just need to be yourself uh, and he had a good question he said how do you be yourself uh, and I had a good answer I said not being nobody else amen uh, I tell you it's a good 
day in my life uh, I, when I didn't want to be uh, I, I didn't want to be some other preacher and though there's some great ones out there much better preachers than I much heavier anointing than I'll ever have uh, uh, but it's a good day in my life when I didn't want to be them no more uh, it's a good day in my life when the Holy Ghost let me know I called you to be you uh, uh, and all I need you to be is you amen uh, and if you try to be anybody else it's an insult uh, uh, to the Holy Ghost of God amen uh, uh, you see as a disciple we uh, are patterning ourselves after uh, uh, the master amen uh, discipleship it involves denial I read you there he said Lord we won't be a disciple he said alright you have to deny yourself some of the conveniences that others will have tonight because foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests and I don't know where we're going to be sleeping tonight. And another one came and he said, Lord, I'd like to be your disciple, uh, uh, but let me go home and tell my family bye. He said, no, uh, if you want to be my disciple, you'll have to deny you family uh, and you'll have to come and follow me whenever I call on you to follow me uh, another said Lord uh, he said I want to be your disciple uh, but let me go back first uh, and bury my dad uh, everything I've ever read on it said uh, his dad was still living uh, and what he was saying is let me go home and take care of my dad uh, until he dies uh, uh, and bury him and then I'll come and follow you. Uh, don't work that way. Uh, uh, if you're going to be a disciple, you have to follow the Lord. Uh, you have to go when He says go. You have to do when He says do. Uh, uh, you can't pick and choose and plan if you want to be a disciple. Uh, I always think about Carl Nelson. Brother Carl was a great Evangelist, he preached here every fall and spring, one or the other for 15 years, and was a great preacher. He's been in heaven now for a long time. It was through Brother Nelson that me, uh, me and Brother Bob McCurry was introduced. Uh, and you pray for Brother Bob. He's in the nursing home. And I talked to his wife last night. I talked to her every week. And she said, pray for him, Brother Rick. He's not doing any good. His speech is slurred. I said he can't walk much. He can't swallow good. said, pray for him. He's going to see a neurologist this week. He has a tumor in his brain. Not cancerous, but a tumor. Uh, but at his age, they don't want to go in there unless they have to. And anyway, he led me to, uh, Brother Nelson led me to meet Brother McCurry. Uh, and uh, Brother Carl, uh, he, he went over on a mission trip. Uh, and uh, he went over there and his dad died. Uh, uh, as soon as uh, uh, they left the airport, his dad died. Uh, and Brother Carl didn't come back for the funeral he didn't come back to be a part of that. And they talked bad about him. A lot of them did. And said uh, that preacher didn't even come back for his own dad's funeral. Uh, and Brother Carl told me, he said, Brother Rick, uh, uh, what they didn't know uh, is I'd led my dad to the Lord at the Rocky Mountain State, uh, Brushy Mountain State Prison uh, uh, weeks before that. Uh, and I'd done, done what I could do for my dad. Uh, and the Lord told me to go preach. Uh, and he went overseas and preached and, and 
hundreds of people were saved in that crusade. Amen. But you see, if you're going to worry what they're going to say about you, what they're going to think, you ain't going to get done much for God. It was a good day in my life when the Lord led me to pray. Listen, He said He led me to pray. I know the Lord did. He said, don't be intimidated by other men. All they are is men like you. They put their shoes on and their pants on just like you do. And don't be intimidated by people out there in the congregation that have money or look a certain way. And you can shake, they shake their head and they don't like what you're preaching. Don't be intimidated by them. I'm telling you, I've got here on this pulpit, most people never notice it, but it's been here ever since I started preaching. And it said, it said, passive run for a preacher. The fear of men or women. Some people so scared of their wife that they can't preach. Amen. They're afraid they got to tiptoe around the tulips because they're afraid what she's going to say when they get home. Amen. I've never had that problem. There are some that are merely imitating. That's a path of a run. A preacher is supposed to be a voice. What some are are poly parrots. All they do is poly parrot what they've heard somebody else say. Amen. But I want you to know, listen, if we're going to be a disciple of the Lord, if we're going to get on that little ship, we have to be ourselves. A lot of young people, they'll go have an ID made. Fake ID. They do that so they can get in. They do that so they can get in the bar. It's a fake ID. They do that so they can buy something that they normally couldn't buy at their age. It's a fake ID. A lot of people come to church with a fake ID. You say, what do you mean? They appear to be something or somebody they are not. They walk into the church and they appear like everything's all right. But everything ain't all right. They walk into the church and appear to have it all together and they ain't even got all the pieces yet. And you know what? They appear to be right with God. They appear to be saved. They appear to be a child of God. But they know down deep in their heart they're not. And that's just a fake ID. Well, let me tell you something about fake IDs. You can't get in with one of them. Because he knows, amen, whether you are or whether you ain't. I never have understood why people wanted to act like there's something they wouldn't when they could get saved saved and they could be something they wouldn't have to act that they'd be it. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about that, that little ship. The discipleship. There is a, it's a daily thing. It is a thing of denial. 
You have to deny yourself. You're not a disciple if you go home this evening and say, I think I might come back tonight. You're not a disciple if you belong to a church and you say, well, I, I think I'm going to stay home today. I just don't want to go. Just don't want to go. You're not a disciple. That discipleship, you have to do what He says do. And you have to do it when He says do it. Amen. Well, let me tell you something. There is some delights to discipleship. Jesus said in Luke 19.37, the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. You see them, them disciples, they got to see something, they got to hear something, they got to know something that nobody else got to see or know. Amen. You get something out of it. Amen. Well, I can tell I've had four or five jump ship on that one. There is the little ship of discipleship. But then in 1 John 1 and 3, the Bible said, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship, there it is, with with us, truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, Webster says uh, that word fellowship means friendly association, uh, especially uh, uh, with people of the same interest. Uh, uh, in other words, there is that little ship of fellowship. Uh, I want you to know, listen, that is an important little ship, that little ship of fellowship. Uh, You need it. Uh, Some of you folks that never come to any kind of a camp meeting or a jubilee or a homecoming gathering and you never stay for anything like that. You run out the door like the devil's after ye and you don't want to come to church. You run in, you run out, you hear a little sermon Ed, get out in the car and light your little cigarette and take on home. That's all you need. Amen. But I want to tell you you're messing something. You're messing a great ship. Amen. I'm telling you as a child of God there's something great about fellowship. Amen. I'll tell you listen as a child of God you'll never ever listen. That's what this jubilee is all about. It's not all about the preaching. It's not all about the singing. But it's about some folks getting together over a table and talking about what's happened. What God has brought them through. What God has done for them. And having fellowship with somebody else, I tell you, it'll help you. Amen. I'm telling you, every child of God needs fellowship. And they need fellowship with other Christians. Amen. And other people. John said our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. There is a community of Christian fellowship. Amen. People of the same interest. People that love what you love. 
Don't you like to run into somebody? Brother Mike, I'm going to use this. He, he likes fishing. And he'd like to talk with somebody about fishing. Talk about the lures and all the new equipment and catching fish. Now, I don't know this, but I just got a feeling that he wouldn't hang around long if he's talking about golf. I heard Joe Arthur say one time preaching, he said, he went to his daddy and he said, Daddy, he said, why don't we play golf? He said, we Christians, boy. Listen, I'm talking about if you're a golf player and you don't like fishing, you probably like to talk to somebody about golf. Amen. Uh, uh, But listen, we may not all be fishermen. We may not all be golf players or basketball players uh, or sports enthusiasts. Uh, uh, But if we're saved according to their testimony, we all are Christians. uh, And we ought to be able to get together and talk about church and the Bible and Jesus and the things of God. Amen. Amen. There's a community of fellowship. You say, who is it? Well, he said our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. We go to the Lord in prayer, get our Bibles. We have fellowship with God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. But neighbor, don't overlook that little word before Father. He said us. We have fellowship one another. We get out doing something uh, together. We have fellowship. All these ladies, they have fellowship up there in them ladies' auxiliary meetings. They have it. We even got some young ladies going now. No offense to you older ladies. I'm talking about some young married ladies. And they're loving it. They like it. You say, why? Because you need that fellowship. You need to be on that little ship. That little ship of fellowship. Some of you say, well, I just don't go for that. They get up there and they gossip and talk. What's the difference between them gossip and talking up there and you doing it at home on the phone? What about that? Amen. Community of fellowship. You say they got little cliques up there and you got your little clique there at your house. You say they never invite me. Hey, I don't ever get invited a lot of places. You got your own little clique, don't you? Everybody's got people that they had rather fellowship with. Don't mean they don't like them. Uh, and you know why they have that clique, Brother Sammy? Because they have probably the same interest. I've never seen I've never seen golf players talking much to Brother Mike. You say, why? They don't have the same interest. But we, we compare notes, you know. I, I'm not a golf player and barely make it on the fisherman thing. Brother Mike, he's a fisherman. Brother Mike, he, I was out fishing one evening. And Brother Mike, he sends me these pictures all the time of these whales and, and these piles of fish. I was out there in the wind and rain, that little old pond, been fishing for about three hours and my phone dings 
And I pick it up. Might be an emergency, you know. And I pick it up. And Brother Mike sent me a picture of a pile of crappie about that high. He said, best 400 out of 800. I said, bless God, he ain't got nothing on me. I just caught one and I held it up, took a picture of it, sent it back. said, best one out of one, praise God. <laughs> the constraint of fellowship. The, listen, if you want to have fellowship, it's like discipleship. There's some things that have to be involved. Amen? You say, what do you mean? Well, let's read it out of the Bible. I could quote it, but I want to read it today. It's right there where I read a minute ago. And that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father, with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. That phrase, your joy might be full, is in the Bible three times. You ought to read them, find out where they are, and find out how to get your joy full. The Bible said, This then is the message which we've heard of Him, and declare unto you that God is light, and Him is no darkness at all. If we say, lady told me this yesterday, said, you go to church anywhere? She said, I have fellowship right here at home. Younger lady. Uh, no physical handicaps. She said, uh, she said I, just, I just do my thing right here. And uh, I think it was uh, Briley. said, she's, she's, uh, she's kind of like that country song. Her and Jesus got their own thing going. Ain't Look. The Bible said if we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. In other words, if I say I'm having fellowship with God and I'm right with God and I've been having people tell me this for 40 years. I'm right with God. Beer boxes stacked on the porch. You go to church, ain't been to church in 25 years. Don't talk like a Christian. Don't look like a Christian. Don't act like a Christian. They say, but I have fellowship with the Lord. Well, him or you, one's lying, and I'm going to go with you. He said, if we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Neighbor, there's no such thing as having fellowship with Him and not being clean. Little boy come in. Little boy come in. Had mud all over one hand. He'd failed and tried to catch himself. Had mud caked on one hand, Brother Mark. And he, he went in. His mother seen him. And she said, Son, go in there and wash your hand. And he went into the bathroom and closed the door. And in a minute he merged back out and he had mud on both hands. He said, she said, honey, said, how did you get mud on both hands? He said, well, uh, I was trying to wash my dirty hand with this hand and when I let this hand fellowship with this hand, it got dirty. That's the way it is when you try to hang out with lost, unsaved people 
in hog pens and dirty places like we now have all over our town, these bars. and uh, You say, what is that? That's where hogs get slopped. I got saved right with God and He got the hog out of him and I ain't had to slop him no more. Amen. Listen, there is the, there is the consolation of fellowship when you're fellowshipping with the Lord, just like when you're with somebody else that's dirty, you get dirty. When you're with God's people that are saved and clean, uh, you get clean. And when you walk with Jesus Christ, I tell you, you can't stay dirty and walk with Him. So if we walk with Him, His blood cleanses from all unrighteousness and sin. Well, that's them other little ships that's got my attention. The little ship of discipleship. The little ship of fellowship. But let me give you one more here before I let you go. Revelations 22 and verse 9. Old John, he's wrote the book of Revelations. God's just showed him heaven. God is... Uh, all of it now is climaxed and come to an end. It's a new heaven and a new earth. And in verse 8 of chapter 22, John saw these things and he heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I felt down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, Seest thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servants, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, circle it, worship God. The dictionary says worship is to take part in a religious ceremony. Wrong. There's billions of people last night and this morning that have took part in a religious ceremony that has not worshipped and never will worship. You see, the first time worship is mentioned in your Bible is Genesis 22 and verse 5. And Abraham said, I and the lad will go yonder and worship. That's the first time worship's mentioned in your Bible, law's first mention. You know what we find there when we find that story and read that story? And they went to worship. We find to worship, you've got to have a father, Abraham. You've got to have a son, Isaac. And you've got to have a sacrifice. You see, to worship this morning, we've got to have a Father. And we've got to have His Son. And we've got to have a sacrifice. Those are the elements of worship. It's got nothing to do with the band or the smoke machines or the lights or the rock music. Got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with a father, a son, and a sacrifice, and seem like there's something else. Oh yeah, a worshiper. A worshiper. You see, there is that spirit of worship. You uh, you cannot worship God without that spirit of worship. The Bible said God is a spirit. God's a spirit. God the Father is a spirit. 
He's not a statue sitting on a on a Chinese restaurant checkout bar. No, God is a spirit. If we worship Him, we must worship Him in spirit, little s. We must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen. And when we get on that little ship of worship, when we travel on that little ship of worship with Him, uh, there are the subjects of worship that I just told you. There is the spirit of worship that we must have. But there is the satisfaction of worship. Now listen to me this morning. I'm going to tell you why some of you come to church you come in and you go out and you come in and you go out and thank God you come but you're never fulfilled. The reason you're never fulfilled is because you never worship. You see, worship is a satisfying thing. If you ever worship, you'll go home and you'll go down the road and you'll feel better because you worship. It'll stay on you a while. January the 20th, 1981, the American hostages was flew back from Iran and they came home from Iran and we all watched on the news channels as they as they walked down the gangplank of that airplane, we all walked them, and as soon as their feet touched the ground, they bent down on their knees, and they put their clean lips, they pressed them to the dirt. You say, why'd they do that? Because they knew where they had been, and they knew now where they were. Can I tell you, worship is when we realize what we have been, and what we are now. Amen. We can worship, and we can Praise Him because we know where we came from. Mary worshiped the Lord. She was known for that. Martha didn't care much for it. But Mary, she was known for worshiping the Lord. She got down and sat at His feet and listened to His Word. When He raised Lazarus from the dead, Mary seemed to get a little bent out of shape, aggravated a little out with the Lord. Martha's one that run out to meet Him first. But Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead after four days. He was already stinking. And they rolled a stone away and Jesus called him and he come forth out of the grave. In the twelfth chapter, he that was dead is sitting at the table with Jesus. Martha is serving and getting a meal together. But Mary comes in with that alabaster box of all. And she makes a beeline to the Savior. And she goes over there and she pours the most precious, priceless thing she has. She pours it over the head of Jesus and it runs down Him all the way down. 
She gets down. I never understood this until I was preaching at a camp meeting in Dallas, Texas. Thousand people there. They had this hole in this group singing. This girl got up to sing, Brother Caleb, and her hair went down to the top of her shoes, which she kicked them off. She got to singing. And the Holy Ghost said, You know what you've been asking me? How did Mary wash his feet with her hair? He said, That's how. She knelt down and she poured that perfume on him. And she just took her hair because it was long enough. See, she didn't have today's hairstyles. You'd have had to went like that. But she just she just took her hair and wiped his feet off and worshipped and cried. And Jesus loved every minute of it. And he said, He said, wherever the gospel's preached. This is going to be told. Now, I'm done with this. Here's the point I want you to get. Mary left that house. But she had worshipped the Lord. She had poured what she had out on Him and then took her hair and wiped His feet and wiped Him down with it. Mary worshipped. Now if you'd run into Martha that day, she might have smelt like chicken. If you run into Lazarus, he might have smelt like some dinner plate. Oh, I'm about to get a happy, David. Whoa! If you run into Martha, she smelled like Jesus. Glory! She smelt like Jesus because she had been around Jesus. We smell like what we've been around. If you've been around gossip and complaining and bitterness and backbiting and jealousy and anger, you smell like it. You stink. But if you've been around Jesus, Peter, James, and John, they said, them boys are ignorant and unlearned. But they've been with Him. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. There were other little ships. Are you on sonship? Have you been saved? If you haven't, you ought to come and climb on board. I know the password. And I'll share it with you today. If you've got sonship, you ought to just get on that other little ship of discipleship and say, I'm going to quit playing around. I'm going to quit playing church. I'm going to be a disciple, a learner of the Lord. And you get in that discipleship, you start fellowshipping and you'll like it. 
you'll like it. Fellowship's what keeps you from falling out of the ship. And worship. Father, thank you this morning.